Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Sounds of the Week, brought to you by Syringa Networks, home to complete business, telecom, and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Gordon, we're going to talk to Steve Klauke coming up here momentarily, play-by-play voice of the bees, and got to admit, missing missing me some bee, uh, bees baseball right about now. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. As I mentioned, he is the voice of the bees and our good friend Steve Klauke. Steve, how are you? I'm doing well. Trying to stay dry, but doing well. <laughs> that's that's good. Uh, Steve, uh, as long as you've been calling bees baseball, this must just feel weird to be at home at this time of year. No, well, it's, let's put it this way, Jake. Uh, this is the one time where I wish I was in Fresno. Because <laughs> that's, the, that's where the bees were supposed to be playing right now. And that, the fact that, uh, you know, the last few years we've been plagued by bad baseball weather in, in the month of April, like I said, the last few seasons. And now what happens? We don't have baseball this April, and we have the driest April in the history of the state. Amazing. Steve, what do you miss the most about it? Just the atmosphere. I, I think the atmosphere, the fact that uh, you know a ballpark full of people uh, and, and enthusiastic in what they're watching, and the, and uh, you know, just the the electricity. I mean, it's not you know NBA playoff electricity, but it's a, just a fun atmosphere at the ballpark. Whether it's uh, here at Smith Ballpark where we're uh, doing the food drive, or uh, on the road uh, at some of the venues that we go to. Well, let's talk about that food drive for a moment, Steve. We had Greg Miller actually on the show earlier this week to talk about it, and they're they're putting their resources to work to uh, to get people to donate, including right there at the ballpark. Exactly, one of the many locations that people can donate food for the bees. If you come by and uh, drop off the food, and we're in the north parking lot across the street from Smith's Ballpark, uh, you'll receive a voucher for two tickets. That's good for this season uh, when it comes around or for the 2021 season. And so obviously it's for a, uh, a great cause, the Utah Food Bank. And I think the stats that, uh, that I've read and seen uh, really are scary from the standpoint that, you know, more and more first timers are needing to use the food bank. And that's why there's such a, a shortage of, of food and supplies at the food bank. Indeed, Steve, great cause. Um, uh- do you have any more information or update on what's happening with minor league baseball uh, this season? At this point, uh, what we've seen in the, is what we know. It's just not a whole lot out there. That uh, There was that false report that came out from somebody on Wednesday that said that the uh, season had already been canceled. That is the furthest thing from the truth. Everything is uh, that we've been told is that no – decision has been made of any kind and really we need to wait to find out what major league baseball decides what they want to do so right now everything is still a a go whenever it's safe to do so what do you uh, think about some of the options major league baseball is exploring gordon brought up the kind of three different locations splitting the team into thirds and going to what was it gordon uh, arizona texas and florida was that right that's what i thought yeah what do you think about uh, that idea and others out there 
Well, if they can't use their own ballparks, and I guess part of the reason to do it this way is to minimize travel, uh, I, I'm all for anything that uh, gets the season underway. Obviously, uh, there'll be some sacrifice on the part of the players because if they're in Arizona, Texas, or Florida and they don't live there, uh, they're going to be away from their families for four and a half months or however long it turns out to be because they, everything I've read in regards to this uh, is that they would be holed up in uh, hotels and basically are allowed to stay at the hotel and uh, and go to the ballpark, and, and that's about it. And uh, and no uh, outside uh, family would be allowed uh, in the hotel rooms uh, with them. So they kind of be isolated from that standpoint. So, uh, But anything, I think, that gets the product on the field, and certainly even though there won't be fans in the stands, it'll be televised, and you'll see more and more people uh, uh, eventually get uh, passage to the ballpark when we don't know. Would the players have to... Go ahead. Plus, I was going to say, plus uh, in the Central Division, they've got like the two Chicago teams together, the two New York teams in the East, the two L.A. teams, and the two Bay Area teams together. So that would be fun to have those teams in the same division, especially if you're like me, a White Sox fan, because if you have the Cubs in your division, it'll make things a lot easier. Hmm. Would the players <laughs> have to be tested on a regular basis? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know if it would be every day, every other day, once a week. Uh, I, I guess one thing we've seen, though, uh, in all sports, it's that we've seen the athletes test positive, but they've been able to bounce back relatively fast. So I would think that you know, if some if someone does contract it while they're uh, playing these games, I don't think that would be enough to shut it down. They would just put him on the on the disabled list. That's why I think if this does come to be, they'll expand the 26 man roster and let them carry. 30, 31 people just so that they have uh, uh, spare parts ready. Steve, we've talked a lot about the NBA and how long it would take to ramp up for a season for players to get in shape. I mean, when you're sheltering in place, it makes things uh, certainly more difficult, let alone talking about throwing a baseball, pitching, right? I mean, how long would it take them to get into game shape? Well, I think the one positive from that standpoint, Jake, is the fact that you know, they already had four or five weeks of spring training before they had to shut things down. And some of the guys, uh, I'm sure most of the guys are still doing some throwing. So I only think it would take two, three weeks, maybe, because uh, uh, well, for several reasons. One, it won't take the hitters all that long to get ready. And as far as pitchers are concerned, uh, they just need to be able to stretch their arms out to get the, the you know, three, four, even five innings in, because in this day and age, uh, you know, the, the complete game is is, uh, is a dinosaur and so you see starters only going five or six innings so maybe if you can it, it would take about three weeks or so to get those arms stretched out so that the starters can go uh, four or five innings so I, I, I don't think it would take all that long So Steve you made the crack about the Cubs I'm wondering when you grow up in and around Chicago how do you decide who to root for the Cubs or the Sox Generally, it's the the north side of the north suburbs are Cub fans, and the south side of the south suburbs are White Sox fans. Now, I am uh, a north suburban Sox fan, and the reason that happened was the first major league game I ever attended. Uh, it was a sellout crowd in 1963 when I was eight years old, and the White Sox were playing the Yankees. Uh, the White Sox won it on a home run in the seventh inning by an outfielder named Floyd Robinson. 
And uh, back then, it was the only ballpark in America that shot off fireworks on a home run. And being an impressionable eight-year-old, that sucked me into to being a White Sox fan. And I knew at an early age, if you liked one, you couldn't like the other. <laughs> Speaking of Chicago, Steve, you were covering the Jazz uh, around the time of this The Last Dance documentary on ESPN. You've been watching that thing. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. It's It's been great to watch. I particularly like some of the flashbacks to the early part of his career, because back then I was still working at one of the suburban stations in the Chicago area, and I would go down and, and, and cover Bulls games at the time, so had a chance to, to uh, see him play in his early stages and, and interview him during his uh, early days of his career. So I've been, been fascinated by all this. Obviously, MJ, uh, the best basketball player, one of the best ever. What, uh, how would you analyze his, uh, his baseball game? You know, I've talked to several scouts over the years, and they said that if he stuck to it, uh, he would have made the major leagues at some point, whether he certainly probably wouldn't have been a star, but to do what he did, you know, hit in the 220s uh, uh, without having picked up a bat in you know, however long it was, 15 years since he was in high school, to do what he did and his athletic instincts uh, that he had in the outfield, that he truly would have been a major league player. He would have been a heck of a base runner. Didn't uh, Who was it who said he ran a 4-3-8 or something? 40, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure who said that, but yeah, I would, I would believe that. And, you know, and some of the things that I did see, I've had a chance to talk to uh, Kurt Bloom, who was the broadcaster for the Birmingham Barons still is but he was the broadcaster that year that Michael played uh, for Birmingham and uh, some of the stories of what he did at that level are are just uh, amazing like I say especially for having not picked up a bat in uh, 12 to 15 years so I I I think he he would have uh, he would have made I should have broached that question to one of the scouts that uh, I ran into a few years back he was working for the Arizona Diamondbacks I think his name was Jerry Krause (laughs) <laughs> think about jordan i mean the barons right we all we all remember that the birmingham barons all their games were on espn or at least a chunk of them were i mean oh a chunk of my he bought the bus for the team uh, to get right. around a much nicer bus than what the team had been using and uh, and then from everything that i've heard and talked to people about he he acted like one of the guys he didn't act like a, an nba superstar who happened to be playing baseball he was a guy that was more than happy to participate in different things uh, with the, the other guys on the team, the clubhouse. And, uh, you know, maybe he'd had to uh, ratchet down a bit the size of the ante in the poker game that he's used to. But other than that, he was, uh, he was really one of the guys. And the thing about that, if, if that's true, Steve, my explanation for it would be at that level, he probably was comparing himself to the other players and seeing that, yeah, he was he was OK, but he had to look around the room and see that there were guys who were far superior to him on the same team. A friend of mine with the White Sox told me that uh, there were times when he was training for that season. Uh, he'd go work out at the batting cages at the. Uh, old commit or excuse me, new Comiskey Park, and to the point where his hands would be bleeding. He wouldn't be wearing gloves. Uh, his hands would be bleeding because he was taking so many swings in the cage, trying to get ready for that upcoming season. He, he, you know, you can think what you want about why he played it, but he took it seriously over the fact that uh, he was going to be playing it. You know, I was about to ask you, Steve, what other NBA player would make a good baseball player, but Donovan Mitchell was an accomplished baseball player. What do you think when you see him throw those baseball passes on a line? That dude's got a cannon. 
He really does, and uh, he has had, uh, I think he's done it once or twice, he's had uh, some of the more impressive uh, uh, ceremonial first pitches that uh, I've ever seen here. Of course, he grew up in a baseball family with his dad working in the in the Mets front office. Uh, and another guy who I think played a lot of baseball in his youth that would also be a very good baseball player is Steph Curry. Yeah, uh, I imagine. And here's a uh, name that you might not think. Greg Ostertag told me that he actually had permission from Roy Williams to walk on uh, at the uh, University of Kansas to the baseball team and play first base, but uh, his schedule eventually would not allow him to do that. But there were many times he would come out to uh, uh, the ballpark here back in the buzz era and take batting practice with the guys, shag fly balls, take ground balls. The only problem was one time he did it during the midst of the NBA Finals, but I'm sure if anybody in the front office had, had heard about uh, Greg doing that, can you imagine what uh, Jerry's reaction would have been if uh, Ostertag had like pulled a ribcage muscle taking batting practice over here and would, wouldn't be available for the playoffs? He, uh, he could hit it a ton, couldn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. He, he never left the yard, but uh, uh, let me take that back. He did leave the yard, but he didn't hit the farthest ball I ever saw a Jazz player hit one. Uh, Brian Russell one-hopped the 420 mark in center field, which was farther than the home run that Ostertag hit. So I have a question about generating power. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they said that when Hank Aaron was, was bombing the ball all over the place, what was Hank? He was like 175, wasn't he? Yeah, wasn't the, yep. He wasn't that big a man. They said it was in the snap of his right wrist mm-hmm. as he pulled the ball, the bat through the hitting zone. Uh, how do you guys do that? Where does that power come from? It's a good question. I, you know, the guys that I've talked to over the years, I mean, guys like, uh, as you mentioned, with Henry Aaron, who was all in the wrist, Roberto Clemente was all in the wrist, uh, even Mike Trout, uh, you know, they do all the weight training and all that, but it's still a lot of it uh, generated uh, with the, the, the front leg and the follow with the wrist. It's just uh, it's amazing, but uh, it, it's all the, uh, the timing of uh, making sure that uh, you're bringing that bat through the strike zone and uh, hitting the ball in the suite of the bat. It's just uh, it's an amazing science that uh, it, it still boggles my mind to watch these guys uh, do what they do with what's being thrown towards them. Steve, we've got the food drive going on there at the ballpark mm-hmm. here at the arena all over. What is your go-to canned food? Because we all have that, right? I, I love I love the, the Nally's chili, which we talked about the other day, Gordon. I, I, I'm a Dinty Moore beef stew kind of guy. That's a good one. What do you think? I, I would put Dinty Moore beef stew right up there with uh, uh, corned beef hash. Oh, yeah, very much. Corned beef hash is always good. And there was another company that made corned beef hash that also used to make roast beef hash in a can. And I can remember as a kid uh, getting that for dinner on occasion. Which pork and bean uh, 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 brand are you going with? Uh, uh, The one that uh, I can find in the bottom of the garbage can, because I I don't touch (laughs) pork and beans at all. That's disgusting. (laughs) That's right. That's right. There was spam. I couldn't believe it. I went to Costco the other day, and on their whiteboard of things that they were out of, spam was one of the things listed. That's because it lasts forever, right? It's like uh, you could eat it in year twenty fifty four or something. Steve you would walk out of the can, maybe, but yeah. I need I need your your explanation for me. I have. Uh, waxed poetic about minor league baseball on numerous occasions last night uh, after I watched a movie I was flipping the channels around and saw 
the the the, the movie uh, A League of Their Own on and. Will you explain to me why I'm such a sucker for minor league baseball? And I, I, there is just a quality to it that that is alluring. Uh, what is it? It's a good question. I, I really think, for me anyway, it's you know, and a lot of the fans that come out, it's something that they can relax and watch. They can interact with their family, uh, except for a, a handful of people. It's not about the wins and the losses. They just want to have a, a good time at the ballpark. They like to see the home team win. The prices are relatively cheap compared to uh, to major league sports. I, I just think it's the whole the whole package that minor league baseball offers. And I've told you this before, and I bet Jake can back me on this. On those long summer nights, uh, even if I'm not at the ballpark, I will tune in to hear the voice of Steve Clowkey calling a game. And I'm telling Jake, doesn't it just it relaxes you? There's a there's a tempo and a quality to it that just makes you feel good. It's a little slice of Americana, Steve. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, as long as I'm just relaxing you while you're listening and not putting you to sleep, I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Gordon with another backhanded compliment. Way, no, to, go. way not, to go, Gordon. That's not what I was referring to. I know, I know. No, it's just, it, you know, it's been this. Eventually, this will be my 27th season, and I look forward to each and every game as I did back in 1994 when the team first came here. Pretty darn cool. Well, Steve, thank you for all that you do. Thanks for the good work you're putting in over there with the food drive, and thanks for jumping on with us, my man. I appreciate it, guys, and hope people can uh, come and uh, and uh, donate some food. We'll be here till six o'clock tonight, and then obviously two to six tomorrow, Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Thanks, Good. Steve. Thank you. On top of that, uh, Gordo, the ballpark here at the arena, uh, over in the Park Place lot, uh, at any of the 13 Megaplex locations, or at any Utah Larry H. Miller dealership. And if you donate, uh, I think it was, uh, what did Greg tell us the other day, Gordon? Eight cans of food. Yeah. Uh, each individual spot will have a little something for you, whether it's a, a, a oil change or, uh, I think, bees tickets, uh, mm-hmm. uh, team store gift cards, those sorts of things. So, uh, Plus, of course, you're, you're helping out folks uh, in their time of need, which is oh so important yeah there's no doubt about it. great cause great cause and Clowkey's a pretty good dude so big thanks to him for uh jumping on with us we we really appreciate it coming up next we'll knock another couple of items off of gordon's list howard beck at the top of the four o'clock hour stay tuned big show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 of the zone i've got another confession to make Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Gordon, we can communicate in uh, in breaks, you and I, but sometimes uh, Austin has that uh, where we can't hear each other, and you're missing out on some pretty awesome commercial break rants. Am I really? Yeah, mm-hmm. you are. You're missing out on some good. Should we tape them for you or something? Should we take notes <laughs> so we can, we can relay them to you? Because usually you participate in our commercial break rants. 
I do, but uh, all right. Well, I'll just have to do without. Well, uh, we'll have uh, we'll have Austin take minutes, and we'll make sure they get past. Sure, I'm not doing anything. Passed along to you. <laughs> Only got a five hour show to produce now. <laughs> can I can I get you guys some sandwiches while I'm at it? I <laughs> now that you mention it, uh, uh, a wise man once said that uh, sandwiches taste better when somebody else makes them. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> A wise man. A wise man. Wants, uh, speaking of uh, speaking of sandwiches, did you guys see that that report that Jamarcus Russell had to be bribed with like cheeseburgers in order to get him to watch film? That seems counterproductive. <laughs> like we know you have a weight problem, but we're going to bribe you with something that's going to make that worse because you also have a film watching problem. So. <laughs> That just seems like robbing Peter to pay Paul a little bit, no? I mean, if you're a professional quarterback, don't you have to love watching film? Isn't that that a part of it? No. If you don't love doing that, then how are you prepared to perform? Well, did you ever – there was an interview with Michael Vick when he was playing for the Eagles, like right after his first season back. And they asked him, they said, you know, what's the biggest difference now uh, in, in your game? Uh, that you're playing for the Eagles. And he said, I watch film now. <laughs> Meaning that whole time when he was playing for the Falcons, which included a run to the N- NFC title game, by the way, he was just like, nah, I'm not going to watch any film. I'll just go out there. I'm Michael Vick. How do you play quarterback and not watch film? It's, it's just, that's like, that's like, if you're a quarterback, you have to love doing that in order to, 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 to be proficient at what you do. It's like, Jake, it would be like you saying, you know, as a talk uh, talk show host, I hate to talk, or or me saying I hate to write. You know, I mean, how? But I just you gave be... you an example. Somebody who was successful not watching film wasn't Brett Favre a notorious not film watcher? Didn't he just go out and sling it? I don't know. I but uh, until you actually study it, there's no way you're going to be absolutely at the top of your game. And when you talk say that about Michael Vick, it makes me wonder how great he could have been. That's true. I'll come along with you there. But you don't have to do it to succeed at a high level. Uh, Jamarcus, we'll, we'll get you a stack of cheeseburgers if you just come in here and watch a little film. I mean, what, what, what food would it take to get you to do something you didn't want to do? Uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, I, there are more food-motivated people out there than me. Austin? Uh, how about uh, a nice juicy steak? <laughs> That's always good. For me, it would probably be baked goods. Some kind of baked goods. No, that's Absolutely. not what it would be for Mm-mm. you. No, we, Yeah, we know exactly what it would be for you. I do like myself a block of cheese. Uh, a block? <laughs> at, least just... I didn't, at least I didn't say a wheel. Do you think you could eat a pound of cheese in one sitting? No. My brother used to eat a pound of bacon every weekend, just just to do it. It was like his Sunday thing, and uh, he once tried, how's his heart now? Uh, he once tried to do it with a with a pound of cheese, and he didn't make it. <laughs> I think I just ate too much cheese. <laughs> Is cheese good for you? I think it can be, in 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 moderation. Yeah, and it depends on the cheese. Like if we're talking craft singles. They're good for the old nostalgia. I don't know how good they are for the ticker. Well, I don't think... Is that even cheese? <laughs> no, I, in fact, it may not be, yeah. I, I don't know if that counts as cheese. Like uh, like uh, gas station nacho cheese, that's not cheese either. 
True. No, always no, beware of an advertisement. No, that's liquid rubber. Right. Always be beware of an advertisement that says cheese sauce. Because, <laughs> brother, that ain't cheese. But it's See, delicious. I like my cheese hard. I want, I want myself some hard cheese because it just tastes better to me. Soft cheese, not so much. And liquid cheese? <laughs> A friend of mine bought one of those one time he bought when I was in college he bought these hot dogs these gourmet wieners that were cheese filled the grossest thing I've ever seen <laughs> he used to eat those and I thought man no soft cheese for me nobody Not, can talk cheese like you Gordon I'll give you that I suppose uh, do, do you want to get to an item on the list or you want to keep I going just down did, the I just what, did. Yeah, what was this to Marcus Russell okay uh, let's get to uh, another uh, one no uh, Kim Young Un what's the deal is he is he alive or is he dead uh, I've seen conflicting uh, reports on that isn't it he Kim Jong Un yeah it is Kim Jong Un yeah whatever uh, he hasn't been seen since what like uh, early April yeah I'm not sure apparently he's quite overweight a lot of people haven't been seen since early april for being fair. well in north korea <laughs> yeah, that's, that's point, certainly actually. true yeah. oh i see yeah. you're making a quarantine joke yeah there. you, I thought you we guys were, went political i was I, I thought we were talking about disappearing citizens no but that's also but that happens accurate, yeah, yeah there that, that does happen there are you concerned about kim's health gordon what's going on well it's weird because the reports i read it's like the they feel like, on the one hand, I mean, I thought that guy, I thought that uh, that our government really didn't like that guy. But I keep reading these reports that say if something has happened to him, that it would destabilize the region. Well, his sister would take over, right? What she's is like. She what, what is she like? I don't know. I, I, I heard she's not to be messed with. Didn't, uh, didn't uh, Kim have his half-brother murdered in a Thai airport? I mean, how much worse could it be than that? Dennis Rodman likes him. He's my friend for life. I don't care what you guys think about him. Hmm. So yeah, there's could more his, to that, but we his, can't play it. Could his sister be much worse? <laughs> yeah. I I don't I don't know. I I don't know. You know, it's like it's like is he one of those guys that uh, Americans wouldn't like? But if you're in the country, do you like him? Is he popular? Or not that anybody has a choice. Wait a minute, haven't you looked into to North Korea much? Yes, he's popular because they force you to like him. That's that's the thing. <laughs> they they make it so you have to like him. So yeah, his mm. his popularity ranking is quite high. Do you remember the uh, the the North Korean soccer team that uh, underperformed at the World Cup? And as soon as they got back in country, sent them to work camps. <laughs> How would I mean? What would that be like to work under uh, to work in a country where some leader had that kind of power over you and your faith? I mean, <laughs> were, were the North, was the North Korean team trying to play poorly? I don't think it matters. Can you imagine the uh, the uh, U.S. Uh, team did not qualify for the World Cup this time? Can you imagine if President Trump was like, "Well, we've we've got a work camp in uh, New Mexico, and you guys are, are gonna for for uh, not qualifying? That's six months hard labor for you." As you know, Jake, I've not been a fan for a long, long time. I've sort of forgotten what that's like. Do you think fans of any team? Who have their heart broken by that team would 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 wish ill will on their guys? Go Lobos! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, say that again. 
Do fans, is the negative energy from a fan, the disappointment so great that they would actually like to to punish the team for which they root when they underperform? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like what? Send them to work camps? I mean, how many how many fans uh, of, of various teams in this state would you want to ship the whole crew off to to, you know, break rocks for a while if they didn't win? Jeez, that's, I don't know. I'm not a pretty, fan. That's so pretty severe. I don't know how. Uh, let me say it this way: I have sat in the stands before the Jazz game when the Jazz have lost, and have heard some of the comments from some of the fans who are supposed to be patrons, supposed to be supporters. And I'm telling you, if I wrote or said the things that I heard from the fans in the stands, I, I'd be out of a job. So it was fairly aggressive. The thin line between love and hate. I'm trying to think. When Virginia Tech lost to Florida State in the national championship game in 2000, did I want to see that team <laughs> imprisoned? No, I don't think so. <laughs> but was it close? <laughs> yeah, if they had lost by more, would I have, then yes, by all That'd means. Sway you. If they lost by like 50, yeah, then, then please, by all means. And then there's this story. I just got to throw this out there because it's it's ridiculous. Will the masked man who licked a woman on the subway please stop it? I mean, don't yeah, touch yeah Gordon, anyone. knock it off. What? I don't know who this was. They they don't know. The police want to know who this man was. But why do people do such a thing? I mean, what are they thinking? How, how do you lick someone with a mask on? I don't know. I guess that had an open mouth or something. I don't know. But he, that's what he did. What kind of a mask is this? That's not much of a <laughs> you mask. You have to cover your it. mouth with a mask. <laughs> that would be that would be like is it a Zorro mask? Yeah, he was he was wearing a mask and he went over to somebody and just licked them. And it's uh, the I, wrong I, kind I, of mask, fellas. <laughs> you need one that covers the mouth, not the eyes. <sighs> I I mean, you know, I knew. I knew uh, Lloyd was up to no good, but there was One that other, nine hours he was uh, he absent was, last week. He was gone when he could have One somehow other, gotten to New York and into the subway. One other question is: with the masks everyone's wearing now, and and it's been suggested that they wear these, and maybe ordered that they wear them in some places. Uh, has anyone been a little uncomfortable with that entering a store wearing a mask or entering a a bank and wearing a mask. Oh, like they're going to be robbed? I don't yeah. Know. I, I have no idea. That's I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I just wondered about that. Well, Gordon, do us a favor. Roll on down to the nearest bank. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know what? In fact, take a firearm with you while you're oh, at yeah, it. Right. And then let's, let's tell us what their reaction is. In fact, film it for us. I don't think I would like the way the that would uh, the outcome would be uh, less than ideal. I, I have see. a feeling. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. We've got our Mountain America market update next. In fact, we've got Howard Beck at the top of the four o'clock hour. What's going on at five? It's the Big Show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This. 
is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for another Mountain America market update. Let's get out to The Zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's our friend Mike Blackham with us back on The Big Show. Hi, Mike. Hey, hello, gentlemen. How are you today? It's a pleasure to be on the show. Hey, we're doing all right, and uh, I hear we're doing a little bit better maybe than the market. Not so good today. (laughs) Market was not a great day. The broader markets uh, traded a little lower with the S&P and the Dow Jones being off 2.81 and 2.55% respectively. Uh, April, however, was an interesting month. We had record drops in services, consumer spending, and industrial production, a record spike in jobless claims, a record drop in regional manufacturing and consumer confidence, and the Fed made more purchases ever uh, in its history. Yet, April was the best month the markets have seen in 33 years and the best April we've seen since 1938. So, a lot of bad economic data, yet April provided some relief for investors. So, when there's, when there's uh, negative data that comes out like that, uh, and yet the market on the whole is uh, more positive, how do you, what, to what do you attribute that? How does that work? Well, the market's a leader of information. Uh, March was one of the worst months we've ever seen in our markets, and that's because they anticipated due to COVID-19 that would wreak havoc on future economic indicators that we would get in April. So it was a front runner to that. So all the bad information that came out in April was already priced in, and so it allowed uh, April to have uh, a little bit of a, a rebound. Whether that's a bear market rebound, or we've already hit bottom, who knows? Um, but uh, we, uh, we believe that uh, the markets will breathe around over time. We're still 16.58% off the low from the all-time high. So uh, there's still some opportunity out there in the marketplace. Yeah, the, I was going to say, is it smart to buy when it's low like that? You know, that, that's a great question. I get that question all the time. People ask me, is this a great time to enter into the market? Um, are we at the bottom or have we hit the bottom? That's a very difficult thing to predict. Um, and I'm not a great prognosticator, uh, if you were to ask my wife. So what I tell people to do is to dollar cost average. It's a great term. Um, what it means is, is to buy in the markets over a fixed period of time at a fixed dollar amount. Um, This may help your listeners to take advantage of the market volatility that we're seeing now and not be too late or not be too early into buying into this market. Um, If if you dollar cost average in, it has uh, shown to be a a better uh, mechanism than trying to time the market. So if your listeners have any questions about what dollar cost averaging is or how to take advantage of it, I would encourage them to reach out to a Mountain America Investment Service's representative at their local Mountain America branch. Mike, thanks for jumping on with us. Keep up the good work. Will do. Thank you, gentlemen. Stay safe. 
Thank you, Mike. Mike Blackham from uh, Mountain America Investment Services. There's another Mountain America market update. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to the great Howard Beck from the Bleacher Report, your NBA Daily Assist, coming at you straight ahead here on 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.